I believe Batman and Robin was made only to induce baby making. This is Movie Geek and Proud. (laughs) Sean, what was that? (laughs) I don't know. It's just something I believe, Rob. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome back to uh, our show. Uh, This week, we are doing another double feature, uh, two animated classics, and um, we have a new guest with us today. First time on the show, Uh, friend of Sean. Sean, introduce your friend. Now people know. This is Jessie. She's my friend. (laughs) Hi. Hey, Jessie. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, So... Every new guest, we always ask, what is your favorite movie? I think my favorite movie has got to be The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones, an emptiness began to grow. It's a good one. I already spilled the beans about our Halloween costume last episode. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I'm still thinking about it, but I'm like 60% sure that I want to. It's just a matter of finding the right materials. I'm thinking of being your Jack. Ooh. So. And Chris is going to be Sally. He just doesn't know it. Okay, yet. so Sean, tell everyone what we're watching and why. We are watching. I'm so excited. Okay, so we watched the Disney Pinocchio, which we've all seen a million times, but we watched it as a precursor to Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Which is, I I guess, the feature of this thing, the reason why we are doing this double feature. Right, because we wanted, or I wanted to make close friends of mine watch a wonderful movie so we decided to watch them both because disney actually sued emperor of the night so we're gonna bring that up in our show today too yes 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 so um before we get started uh i want to talk about just sort of expectations jesse when you heard about this title (laughs) Mm -hmm. pinocchio emperor of the night did you know that this movie existed no i'd never heard of it never heard of it myself Exactly. And did you watch any trailers? Did you look it up? Okay. What were your expectations? Did you have any? I thought it would be really weird because Sean loves it so much. (laughs) So I was like, it's got to be kind of freaky. And he was so excited. So I was like, I don't. Mm. I thought it would be really weird. I was expecting some weird off-brand Disney stuff and creepiness for sure. Like a raccoon dressed in drag? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I, I knew it would be a little dark just from the theme that we went with this week, especially with our question of the week, which we definitely have to do. And um, I also expected it to be somewhat scary, but I mean, just just with certain images, I didn't expect to be like, you know, scared of it, but I knew I would see some scary elements. It was going to be, you know, just kind of dark because usually if it's not Disney... It, it tends to go into that yeah. sort of route or whatever. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, why don't we do question of the week? Oh, too many questions. Too many questions. 
Okay, question of the week. Name a children's film after watching you thought was too dark for kids. So, from Real Horror Show, the fucking Brave Little Toaster (laughs) is what they wrote. A car literally kills itself on screen. An air conditioner attempts to kill itself on screen. A fucking flower dies of a broken heart on screen. Then there's this fucker, and it's a crazy-looking clown holding a hose and a fork for some reason. He's going to fork somebody up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember any of this from Brave Little Toaster. I need to rewatch this film again. I don't remember it because I know I was because I was scared of it. I didn't like it. Really? <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't like that movie. I haven't watched it in forever, but I remember being like, nope, done. So probably because of all of those things. And I remember liking it, but I don't remember all that stuff. I don't remember all of that. Okay. Well, um, Mike, Mike and Oscar, MM and Oscar says, uh, the witches with the rats and the cheese soup and the black stringy wigs. Um, and then he writes to the MPAA, be damned that that thing should have gotten an NC-17 rating for that scarring it gave me. Um, it was Mike out of Mike and Oscar who wrote this. Can so. you do me a favor and ask them if they know where to get a black stringy wig? Because I was looking <laughs> for one for shock and they are not easy to find. <laughs> no, I remember witches being... Not traumatic in my sense, but I would watch it, and I was like, that makeup was just yeah. insane. I don't, yeah. I don't know how this got marketed for kids. Yeah, that is pretty dark. That was another one I loved as a kid, so I just love dark stuff, I guess. Yeah. All right, so this one comes to us from Work Life Imbalance Podcast, another one that I loved as a kid. Secret of Nim. It had a lot of death and one of the most traumatic death scenes of pretty much any cartoons I've seen. It's pretty brutal. And the art style disturbed me as a kid as well. Oh, no, I don't like that. And I just showed Jesse the Mm-mm. gif. Yeah, that's a really weird image. Um, I know that my brother showed me that cartoon when I was super young, but I have no memory of this either. I've never seen it. Um, I heard it's good, right? It's really good. Yeah. But yeah, it's super dark. You might as well be watching... The Batman animated series, it's like that kind of blacks yeah. and reds, but super violent. All right, so I have one from uh, Curio Podcast. This is at Podcast Curio, C-U-R-I-O. is just a gif of Artex drowning in the no. swamp from NeverEnding Story. Now, I have just a, just a very small story with this. When I was younger, it was obviously a very sad thing because of the music, him crying, like it set up a sad element, but I never cried, right? Never really got too sad about it. And I didn't even really realize the horse was officially gone. It's just a horse just didn't appear in the movie anymore. I watch this when I'm older and I'm watching the same movie. And when that scene came up, I cried my fucking eyes out. And it's because I actually understand why the horse drowned. Do you guys know the significance of the swamp? Because if you're sad, it overwhelms and drowns you. Exactly. So the horse actually gave up. And it just got depressed and decided he it didn't want to move on. Because it was really hard to get through the swamp. They've been traveling forever. And the horse just lost all hope. So I'm consciously thinking that this horse actually, you know, it like, can't speak. But the horse is literally depressed and was like, I can't do mm-hmm. this anymore. And it took him. 
And that I lost it because of that. And that was more sad than the visual of the, you know, the horse, you know, drowning. And I, I just found that to be devastating. And so, because if you watch it and hear him talk about it, he was like, don't give up. You can do this. And the horse just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is, this is so much for me. Do you, do you need a tissue? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, one that I remember being horrified as a kid and never watched it again. And another one that I watched a million times growing up, the first and second one. There's a third one, don't ask. And um, I read the book. I love Never you know Ending. what? I loved the second one. Yeah? It had like a little rock baby. Yes, yes. yes. Loved it. First one, no. The third one was actually Jack Black's first movie. Oh. Yeah, Jack Black's first movie and that kid from Free Willy. Yeah. I swear it's like vacation. They always just change the kid every time yep. they made a movie. <laughs> it was just a different kid. So here's one from I Want You to Watch This. It's this movie scared the hell out of me as a kid. I just realized a few months ago that Feruza Balk was Dorothy. And it's referring to Return to Oz, mm-hmm. which is a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. That is a good movie. Oh, there's so many good ones on here. Everybody really picks some good stuff. Um, but I'll go with something a little different to where it's not necessarily a scary thing, but just more traumatizing for kids. Um, Not So True Crime uh, podcast wrote, Easy, My Girl. Parents took me to see it, and I had to leave early because I started crying. Anna Clumsley gets locked in a basement of a funeral home with corpses, and Macaulay Culkin gets ruthlessly slaughtered, spoiler alert, by a hive of (laughs) angry bees, terrifying, extensial shit. Oh, yeah. that's right. But I mean, that was a, a happy sort of, you know, child movie. It had child actors. It featured them. Therefore, you would think this movie's for kids. No, it wasn't scary. But I mean, how do you are, are you ready to talk about death with your child as you see this movie? I mean, yeah. True. So, yeah, I thought that one was was a good answer. Uh, another one. Um, let me see. This is uh, Wang Talk radio podcast um w-e-n-g-h talk radio marley and me get shown <laughs> to kids all the time despite it being explicitly a story about owen wilson's dead dog yes and i 100 percent agree i don't know why anyone would take their child to see this movie to make you fall over the dog just to lose him at the end like that is just that's horrible do you guys consider marley and me a child movie i never saw it oh really I don't, but maybe that's just because I saw it as an adult. Yeah. Mm. Thought the book is for adults. Yeah. So. Okay, fair enough. But that end was, yeah, I cried a lot. Yeah, so did I. Okay, let's do one more, Sean. So, quick story. One of the ones on here, Labyrinth, which I actually took to my first grade class on a rainy day to show while we had (laughs) lunch. And my teacher was just watching it, and I had to assure her, like, it's a kid's movie. I was like, it just says the D word a few times. So right off the bat, she's watching it like a hawk. Like, should I be showing this? And then the doors blast open, and here comes David Bowie with a sock in his pants. She's like, <laughs> all right, class, we're going to turn that off and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> One more from Instagram. I have to read this. Um, it's Wine Whiskers Woo Woo. Um, also on a different angle. A movie that shouldn't have been a kid's movie. Uh, They made the golden compass of his Dark Materials trilogy into a kid's movie, which that saga absolutely is not. 
I freaking love those books. On the books, I remember thinking no one should read this till after 25 because it could be a mindfuck. Um, much like getting a philosophy degree is uh, for some people. Um, in any case, the heart of the story, um, um, the heart of this story, the the morrow of its bones, it isn't uh, for little kids, even though the main protagonist is very young. So when they made the Golden Compass into a movie, they pulled its teeth out. Casting was great. Mm-hmm. The style and special effects was wonderful and did a justice to the universe you were in. But it was over Disney fed. Uh, yeah. Over Disney, um, over Disney-fied it. And uh, by the way, I say that as a complete and total Disney file. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw Golden Compass. I actually didn't really understand what their message was. I heard it had a really big religious sort of... Anti-religious. And, yeah, well, well, anti-religious thing. Yeah. Depending on how you look at it, because right. um, I do see how it can be seen that way. Like my aunt read them before letting her kids read them, and she's like, they're trash, and she threw them all away. So depending on how you take the message, it can either be a very loving message or it can be seen as a very hateful message. Oh, okay. I didn't think it was hateful at all. Yeah. Well, some people say, because without spoiling it, they say the God character in it made a mistake. And so it's like saying religion's bad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to me, I don't Yeah. <laughs> but to me, the message was love. From the book and just accepting everybody, mm-hmm. but it can definitely be taken the wrong way when every kid has a demon that's basically their their self. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah, it was definitely a complicated book, not for kids. Yeah. Stuff, so. All right. So let's do our uh, double f- or science fiction <laughs> double feature. Okay, we're gonna go in order and start with. Disney's Pinocchio. Uh, Let's see. So this was released on February 23rd, 1940. Yeah, I think this was the second Disney film right after Snow White. It Mm -hmm. it just moved right up the list. Um, I believe Dumbo came out the year after, something like that. But uh, directors include Norman Ferguson and T. He. uh, Writers. um, I I liked that. Which one? Oh, Tee Hee. Yeah, oh, Tee Hee. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, writers include Carlo Collodi um, from the story and Ted Sears, a uh, story adaptation. And it stars Dickie Jones, Kristen Rubb, Mel Blanc. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, estimated budget is $2 million six. Opening weekend, $3 million um, plus. And uh, gross all of USA is $84 million plus. Wow. Not bad. Um, This is a story about a living puppet puppet with the help of a cricket as his conscience uh, must prove himself worthy to become a real boy. All right. So when was the last time you guys even saw this movie? I would say probably when the Blu-ray came out, I think, because I bought it and then, of course, watched it. But that was a while ago. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. I've been on the ride at... Disneyland. Many there's times. a ride. I didn't. Yeah. One specifically yeah, for Pinocchio. Yeah, there's. Yeah. It's Why don't there. I? I don't remember it. Oh. I'm sure I. Yeah. I don't remember it. But yeah. So that's where I get most of the story from. My memory. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember it as a kid, but. I mean, I mean, I I remember the, the outline of it, but some of the, you know, little small things that are in each scene, I have no clue until tonight when I rewatched it. 
Um, yeah. Maybe I'll take you on the ride at Gay Days. Yes, I Gay cannot Days. wait. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be fun. Gay Days at Disneyland. Um, so, yeah, what did you guys think of the movie rewatching it again? You know, I watched this movie a lot when I was young. And I don't know, I just stopped watching it as much in our overexposure to movie days now. But it's always a treat to go back and watch it because it has a lot of heart. Um, it struck me this time about just how well the animation was, especially for being such an early Disney film. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think I would say the things I remembered, I watched it back, I was like, oh, that's really kind of all there was, was... I remembered like, oh, Pleasure Island and the whale mm -hmm. and Stromboli. And then watching, I was like, oh, yeah, that's just happened. There's not really like more story <laughs> in between. So it was like, it does really stick with you, the important parts. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny that um, Disney is known for having all of these Disney princesses. And that's sort of the central thing with Disney is you can expect a princess that needs to be saved or, you know, a prince coming to rescue and all this stuff. But its second movie was about a little boy that was the protagonist and it veered off the whole princess thing like right away. I thought they had did like a slew of these like right in a row before even venturing to like animals or, you know, um, you know, little boys. So I, I find that to be cool that they didn't stick with just one formula mm -hmm. and, and decided to do something else. Um, but you know, I, I thought the movie was actually pretty good. And like you said, the animation especially remastered on this blu-ray jesus that yeah, laid looks really so nice. good for 1940 god technology <laughs> you know it's funny though um i've read the book and disney had to be talked down because in the book pinocchio is a little shit like he's just 10 times worse than either of the movies we just watched and say, disney wanted to shut up <laughs> and disney wanted to show him as you know that kid but they're like we need people to like him because when i read the book i didn't like pinocchio mm -hmm. like i think there's a part where like an old man falls and he's just like peace <laughs> walks away <laughs> like he's that kind of bratty kid oh wow um yeah so the name pinocchio means little wooden head Really? So I guess this is where they got that name from. Um, so the start of the film, something that I didn't know happened other than in Aladdin, was they broke the fourth wall. You've got Jiminy Cricket starting the story out telling the audience like, oh, here's a tale of a little boy who went through this. And I had no clue that they had done that. And I, I'm trying to think of any other ones besides Aladdin. Did they ever do a break the fourth wall in, in any others? Listeners, if you know, please let us know. Just tweet us about that. I'm actually really curious if this is a sort of a common theme with Disney, but I don't really recall them doing it um, again. But I thought that was a cool, mm. like, little factoid. Um, but yeah, the story was was pretty good. I mean, there there were a few things that I didn't really understand with, I guess, the world that they lived in. So, like, in my notes, what... I have written down is magic exists, of course, but do does the world know that magic exists? Because there was a lot of characters doing a lot of magical things, you know, turning kids into donkeys and, you know, wooden boys coming alive and all this other stuff that was happening outside of their house. And so I was, what do you guys think? Like, did mad, like, did everybody know magic exists or was it just a thing? Cause nobody really cared that a wooden boy was walking around talking. 
That's true. Nobody ever stopped him. And, you know, it's also in a world where animals are also people as well. So Mm -hmm. it's like a mixed world. So I don't know. I remember watching it. And because Pinocchio wanted to be a real boy so badly, it's like, why? Like, we live in a world where animals are talking and walking on their own two feet. Like, it's a mixed bag. So being being a real human i just i just wondered like what was the big deal with that yeah they never really said he just wanted it yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh the geppetto ugh, like so i wanted to ask you guys this if you were living alone and you had you know pets or whatever would you talk to your pets out loud in conversation like Geppetto did. Now, I know that for the sake of the movie, he has to speak throughout the film. Otherwise, it'd be... But he's by himself, and he is constantly talking to his cat and fish who can't talk back. Like, would you guys end up doing that? Or have you done it, maybe? I don't think I've talked to that extent where you lead full-on conversation. But talk... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would talk to my animal. I talk to Harley here and there. But not like Geppetto does. No, he goes a little too far. But speaking of Geppetto, like I picked up on some weird stuff about him this watch through. First off, all his little machines are fucking creepy. They are. I was thinking that like if somebody gave me one of those cuckoo <laughs> clocks, I'd be like, excuse me, like, there's, what? There's the one where the turkey puts its head out and has to pull away or it's going to get axed. There's like... There's one where the mom is spanking yeah. the kid's bare butt. It's, who would you give that to? <laughs> One where a bird's getting shot at, like this man. The drunk guy hanging out oh, the yeah, window. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing I didn't like about him is he's going to bed, and he's like, oh, Figaro, I didn't shut the goddamn window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Figaro has to get up there and struggle his cute little ass off to shut this window. And then Geppetto sits up, and you can see, like, it's arm's length away. He put this cat through hell because he's a lazy-ass man. <laughs> So the blue fairy comes in and <laughs> grants the wish from, you know, the the North Star, whatever the star is. It was the North Star, right? Or just a bright star? I can't remember. Or it's just a glowing I think star. Wishing star. star. A wishing star. Yeah. Oh, a wishing star. Okay. So, he, you know, he wants a kid and for some reason he can't have one. So, do you think like, he didn't no have sex ed in his school? You like, need to count. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Disney thought of it that quickly, but yeah, Blue Fairy comes in and you know makes the you know puppet come to life. But this is what's funny: Pinocchio is aware that he is alive. Like, oh my god, I can talk. So it's like, did you know you were wooden even before you came alive? Like, why are you shocked that you're able to talk? Like, it's just funny. He was just given the mind of a human boy and mm. couldn't believe that a puppet knew how to talk. And so it was something that I noticed. That's a good point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, boy comes to life and then given this cricket who has volunteered to be his conscious and guide him through. Who broke into the house. Yeah, So I don't know thief. how moral of a cricket <laughs> he is. Now, here's something that's funny, too, from the book to the movie. In the book... He's the cricket. It's not named Jiminy, but the cricket shows up to try to give advice. And Pinocchio is basically like, fuck you. And I think he throws a shoe or a book (laughs) and it kills the cricket. (laughs) And so the cricket spirit will come back randomly in the book. But it's only a few brief times. Okay, yeah. So Jiminy Cricket is given the job to be, you know, his conscience or whatever. 
and um, they're singing this whistle song <laughs> all in the middle of the night. And Geppetto sleeps through all of this. Like, the didn't the Blue Fairy sing? I can't remember. Maybe she didn't sing. No, she doesn't. She didn't sing. Yeah, so it was just those two. So they're walking around, and Pinocchio is loud, like, just yelling <laughs> top of his young singing. And then it wasn't until he, like, knocked over a whole bunch of, like, stuff is when Geppetto woke up. And um, I, I like the little run-on joke with Geppetto always talking to Pinocchio as if he is there, but he isn't there. Like, oh, Pinocchio, that's right. You're real now. And then he's like, oh, my God, you're real. Like, yeah, I actually like that little joke. Mm-hmm. That was too funny. But um, Jiminy Cricket, I really don't understand his reason for being. Like, Please give me one time where he actually did something. That's what we were saying, Jesse yeah. and I, during the movie. Like, he does nothing. He's pointless. He didn't do anything. In fact, I think one time, didn't he just give up on him? He was he like, oh. Both he's... times. Yeah, he, yeah. he would have sunk in the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, really confused how he ended up getting his badge. Like, because he did nothing. And when Pinocchio was like, I got to save my dad, he's like, no, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> So even when he's like trying to do the right thing, he's like, don't do that. Yeah, I didn't get it. Well, I had a question on here that I was going to ask, but it seems to be like the answer is already said. I said, who is a better conscious? Is it Jiminy to Pinocchio or Timothy to Dumbo? Probably Timothy to Dumbo. Well, yeah, I mean, I figured yeah. out because I wrote this right in the beginning of the movie. Mm. And then by the end, I was like, well, my question's already answered now. So I have a random fact that really excited me. It's X-Men related, of course. <laughs> okay. So they showed in a comic that Gambit, one of the greatest characters, has three cats. Can you guess what names they are? Jiminy Cricket. No. <laughs> one of them's Figaro. I was going to say Figaro. Oh, Cleo. Mm-hmm. One of them is Oliver. Oh. <gasps> oh. Toulouse. No, the last one is Lucifer. Oh, that's From amazing. Cinderella. That's awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I know those cats. <laughs> but of course, when I was reading this comic, I'm like, I didn't know Gambit was gay. Stop, <laughs> right? I know. Just like him to be. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, that's all, that's that's really interesting. I mm-hmm. like those. Who's Toulouse? Toulouse? Toulouse. Cats. Oh. Toulouse. And yeah. Berlioz and something. The oh. girl cat. Yeah, I can't think of their names. And Girl Cat. (laughs) (laughs) So Pinocchio goes off to his first day of school, but then is sidetracked with some um, pimps who decide to recruit him to be a famous actor. By the way, your kid has been alive for less than 12 hours. He's like, how old is he supposed to be? Five, six, four? Why aren't you not walking him to school? I want to know, like... How is he supposed to know where school is? They're going to show up and they're going to be like, who is this child? He yeah. had a well-dressed cricket with him that can explain everything. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this is my kid. Does your kid have, is. Does your kid have social security number? Like, <laughs> is he registered to be your kid? Where did the kid come from? For anything, you kidnapped this child. Like, how do you explain that? Yes, go off to school. I have clocks to make, okay? Well, we haven't said the even... most important part. He's made of wood. People are just supposed to be like, oh, wooden school child is here. He's never been outside. How's he supposed to know where the school is? I know. He knew exactly where to go. Like, why can't you just walk him? What is he doing? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a shop. He, has to, he just makes stuff. He's 
walk him to school his first day. <laughs> but so he gets sidetracked. So Pinocchio. So this in 1940 must have taken place in like L.A. because like the first thing they want you to do <laughs> is come with me and be an actor. And let me just say, like when he did his No String song, he was superb. I actually think he could have made it as an actor. So question for you two. Do you, are you okay with your child or anyone for that matter, deciding to skip school and pursue an acting career? Mm, I'd say though, a lot of those child actors, they go to school while they're filming. So I think there's ways to get it done. Those childs turned out to be like really fucked up in the head when they have to do both. Just just from what I read. I'm not saying it's a guarantee for every child actor, but they usually come out like bitter and they'll do anything to shed that. Well, I mean, let's look at some good examples. We've got Amanda Bynes. <laughs> We've got Aww. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesse. No. Go to school. You can do stuff after school. And then when you're... 18 or whatever you can do what you want but do you know the money that rolls in from just one commercial you can do a commercial on the weekends <laughs> but you're still going to school none yeah. of this set school i don't feel like they learn anything mm-hmm. yeah. well yeah like i said i think he did a really good job he may have made the best choice to be an actor <laughs> school would have just cast him aside and like we can't teach you you're wooden can't teach you anything. What are we going to teach you? I'm so glad you're never going to be a parent. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. No, school is, no, honestly, no, school is definitely important. I would not do that at all. But I just like how gullible this little boy was mm-hmm. on how he just was like, yeah, I'll just do whatever. Um, but what are um, some of the other like sort of scenes you thought was a little bit too dark for, for the kitties in this? Well, it's a kind of discussion we had too, but. The whole Pleasure Island scene, I feel like if this movie came out today, this movie would be ripped apart and vilified because mm-hmm. he's smoking a cigar, like, and it's a big part of the movie, too. Like, he gets sick from it. He holds the smoke in. We see him drinking, or the other boy, um, drinking alcohol. Like, these are all mm-hmm. things that, in a way, promotes it to kids. So, yeah. So, I call a little bit of shenanigans... Just a little bit on this. So speaking of Pleasure Island, he's smoking, right? If he is not real yet, he should not be inhaling and feeling the effects of smoke. Mm -hmm. Also, explain this to me as far as the magic goes with turning into a donkey. You're, You're bad, you misbehave, you turn into a jackass is what they said throughout the whole movie. And... So Pinocchio gets his ears and he gets a tail, but he doesn't turn full on donkey. Now, is it because he jetted and like got out of there in time and that's why he never turned full on? Was it the location or was it because he isn't real and he's wooden? And so the full effect didn't work. I think it's because he left. I okay. do too. I think the magic is in the island. Okay, so so that's my thing. Again, he's not a real boy, so how did this magic affect him? Is Does it just affect any? thing living or is it specifically the living boys because again he's not real so i didn't so i'm like oh, i don't know if that's supposed to work like that well i call shenanigans on the economics of this whole island <laughs> <laughs> because well i i would love to see little boys that are crappy go away because little boys like little 11 12 year old boys are like the worst people sometimes but they have to build this whole structure of this island 
got Ferris wheels. It's got all the free beer. They have a whole house that they destroy that they're going to have to rebuild every time. And then they just turn them into, like, I can't imagine breeding donkeys would be more expensive than this island. <laughs> That's true. They can't make their money back. And then the donkeys are still all sad. How hardworking can they be? Even when they were full donkeys, they're crying in those cages. Well, then that should probably tell you that whoever's buying them is going to treat them like slaves and just make them do it through punishment and pain. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, how... Would you rather have a donkey that isn't sad? I know. Well, I'm only theorizing. Who knows exactly what those donkeys do when they're bought? But, yeah, I just... <laughs> I'm thinking they're just being tortured just like the... the What's-his-face did? I forget. The guy who turned them all. Who was who was that guy? The coachman? Oh. Yeah, the coachman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the coachman, so... And they have parents. Yeah. I know, yeah, not... None of these parents notice. <laughs> all right, here's... I just thought of it, but here's my answer. So Pinocchio has a conscience. So he made a conscious decision to be bad, and the magic attacked him because he's bad. Okay. We'll, we'll That's go the with best that. I've got. No, we'll go with that. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing that they can't explain it. I just took the whole wooden real thing seriously because he wants to be real so bad, but technically he's real already. He obviously gets the effect of everything, especially when he almost drowned. From the whole whale yeah. thing, like he's sitting there, you know, you know, <laughs> hovering in the water as if he just drowned. That image, by the way, Jesus, <laughs> of him just floating with his face buried in the water. <laughs> right. I'm like, Jesus. But yeah, I mean, that would indicate he has human parts and lungs and all that stuff. And it's like, what do you need to be real for? Like, True. you're chilling, you know? But um, also, does it count as you being like a good real boy if you abandon all of those other donkey boys? Mm -hmm. Like, he just left and was just like, gone from his mind. This whole system, <laughs> torturous system. Yeah. He doesn't care about any of his best friend. Mm-hmm. Never mentions him again. Yeah. Doesn't tell Geppetto. Yeah, and there can't be any kind of police or law enforcement either, because how does so many kids go missing in the same location and nobody found them at all? There was, like, no clues or whatever. Like, this... This guy that, what, what's the guy's name? The one who threw the puppet show? Oh, Stromboli. Stromboli. He was running a show, like, right in front of everybody's face, and nobody noticed his underground lair. Like, yeah. keeping kids in cages. Nobody caught on. And so many kids. That was so crazy. <laughs> Speaking of Stromboli, he was so animated. They did a really good job with just bringing him to life. Yeah. Including the butt shake. Yeah, that was total Ursula, yeah. like, like super well-defined butt shake. <laughs> that was a good puppet show, though. And he's the only worker we see, so he can do all that and all those voices. He does it with his butt. It's amazing. <laughs> no, that is pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, so fast-forwarding towards, like, the whale, which I thought was a wonderful villain, a very silent but deadly very deadly mm -hmm. villain I thought was pretty cool. He's also a sperm whale. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're so <laughs> immature. Oh my God. No, I actually like Monst Monstro. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. He was had a very big personal vendetta between yeah, him scary. and Geppetto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, you brought up a little tidbit about the whale and how they escaped and everything. Oh, I looked up. Whales can't sneeze. Yeah. Because I looked up more. Because they 
Unlike humans, we involuntarily breathe. We don't think about it. Whales have to make a conscious decision to breathe so that they don't accidentally breathe in water. So sometimes they'll go up to the surface and they might cough to get rid of something, Mm -hmm. but they can't ever sneeze because they can't involuntarily do anything. Yeah. Hmm. They have to decide to breathe every time they want to breathe. The more you know. So. The more you know, people. And it wouldn't go out their mouth anyways. It would be their blowhole. So. (laughs) Say blowhole again. Blowhole. (laughs) stupid um but yeah no i thought that scene was actually pretty um suspenseful just kind of watching them trying to get out and stuff and yeah i thought that was pretty good and again shenanigans they went through all of this swimming and waves and just getting crashed and capsizing, and all of a sudden figaro and the fish cleo cleo still (laughs) managed to live and be in the exact location. Yeah, they just then. calmly like roll up, like yo. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. But um, okay, so overall, guys, what do we think of Pinocchio? Especially just revisiting it again from before, watching it with these adult eyes of ours. I still really like it. Um, like I said, I had a more of an appreciation watching it at an older age because I could really appreciate how much work went into it, mm-hmm. and looking at it through like. The Pleasure Island and is their magic and just the social commentary was interesting. Mm-hmm. I like it, even yeah. though there's a lot that I'm like, Jiminy, Geppetto, you guys, come on. Yeah. Watching it again through that, I was like, there's a lot of problems, but still overall, the animation's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the moments are really fun. So yeah. in the end, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I thought this movie was, was good. It, it was a little bit more adult than I had thought i was gonna see i mean with the drinking and the cigars and um there was actually a guy laying down i think it was like the cannon guy so the human the human cannibal mm-hmm. so like he was laying on his chair and he was sleeping and he was holding a cigar i was like how dangerous yeah. is this this is so bad but um no i i really liked it i thought it was um a good message and it, you know they had a lot of fun in the movie and yeah all right quick what do you rate it? I'm going to give it a uh, five out of five. Five out of five. Oh, uh, five out of five sperm whales. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. That's our metrics is sperm. Whale. Okay. Jesse, how many sperm whales do you give <laughs> Pinocchio? Four out of five sperm whales. Four out of five. Okay. I'm giving it a three and a half. Mm. This is a movie that I don't see myself revisiting unless it's, a situation like we're doing tonight. Um, I'm not saying the movie is horrible. It's just for replay value. I don't necessarily turn to this for the song, which I think is interesting because um, this movie was the first Disney movie to win an Oscar for best song and score. Wow. Yeah. And the pair of the um, awards didn't happen again for Disney until Mary Poppins. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the songs were okay. They were a little catchy. But again, there are plenty of other Disney films that I would return to before this one. So I really like the songs in this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Wish Upon a Star. That's, yeah, I, that's legit. Actually, I like, like that for song. me, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. You get to, like, dance around to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that puppet show, That's I want to see that puppet show in real life. Yeah. Marionettes. Sorry, anyone who cares about the difference. Oh. Oh, yeah. I had a quick story. Okay. When I was younger, my sister and I thought we were so funny because we went to Mexico 
and I got a puppet because I liked Pinocchio so much. It was like a little um, like bandito puppet. <laughs> and since it was a knockoff, we called it a knockoff. We called it Pinicchio. Pinicchio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably would have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's Pinicchio. <laughs> that's cute. And now here is a short promo from Justin, Chris, and Mike over at Casual Cinecast. Hello! Do you like having your podcast interrupted by promos? Probably not, so we'll keep this brief. My name is Chris. My name is Mike. And my name is Justin. And we just wanted to introduce ourselves. We're the Casual Cinecast. We're a weekly podcast that reviews current movies and TV, as well as the occasional dive into classic cinema with the Criterion Collection. We cover everything from Black Panther to Black Narcissus. From Solo to Sallow. From Love, Simon to Simon of the Desert. If that sounds good to you, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. You know, or, or something, because we probably won't actually yeah. see you. But Yeah, we don't see them when they listen. Right, well, okay. Um, well, back to your podcast. Um, all right, so, um, Sean, lead us into this next film Yay! that we're doing. I have a feeling you both hated it, but here we go. <laughs> So this one's Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. It came out on December 25th, 1987. So yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Came out right at Christmas. Wow. It cost about $10 million to make, and it only made $3.2 million back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So just to give an example of some of the talent, though, this was a Funimation movie, so it's not Disney. But it had a pretty big cast. Yeah, I think this movie was I one of well I sh- I don't know maybe I shouldn't say one of the first I think I read some oh no that was the first Pinocchio first Pinocchio I think had like a lot of famous people mm-hmm. as their voice cast yeah but okay go on well who was in this one okay so Pinocchio himself was played by Scott Grimes did yes. you want to tell us where you recognize him from so Scott Grimes I recognize the name because literally right now American Dad is my bedtime story so I watch an episode before I go to sleep <laughs> so I see his name on screen all the time Scott Grimes is the one who voices Steve Stan's son okay in the show but he can also be recognized in real life um in Grey's Anatomy and also Critters mm-hmm. he was the son it's in Critters oh don't i don't watch Grey's Anatomy i just know he is he's in one of the later years um of the show but i believe that's the hospital show he's on currently right now he is on the Orville with Seth MacFarlane i think he's on ER Oh, it is ER it okay. I thought it was Grey's Anatomy. I don't know. I don't watch either, so I just knew he was on there a hospital is a show. There's a redhead guy on Grey's Anatomy. That's probably who I was thinking of at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know his name, but so some of the other talent we had was Ed Asner as Scalawag the Raccoon, Frank Welker as Igor the Monkey, which if you're not familiar with his name, he did the voice of Fred on Scooby Doo, and yes. then eventually he did Scooby. Yes. And then we had Don Knotts as G. Willikers. We had, I guess she's kind of famous, but the the fairy godmother, good fairy, uh-huh. she's voiced by Ricky Lee Jones, who's, I guess, big in the music okay. industry. Um, we also had Jonathan Harris, who worked on A Bug's Life and Toy Story 2. So he's done a few things with Disney, actually. It was Lieutenant Grumblebee. Mm-hmm. And I saved the best for last. 
James Earl Jones was the Emperor of the Night. <laughs> oh my God, I just noticed. Okay, so Linda Gray. So she's famous for this soap she was on called Dallas. I love oh, Dallas. Oh, I know Dallas. And oh, so do you remember when they go to that sort of cabaret thing? Um, I never watched mo- Dallas. I just know. Of oh Dallas. no, 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 not da- no, but in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So they go to that, you know, that cabaret thing, and it's all like neon, and all those things are happening when they're like drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So the singer Liza Minnelli. Really? Oh. Yep. I just read it right here. Yeah, she's the neon cabaret singer. Oh, so I that was Liza Minnelli. Yeah, but I love the fact that James Earl was in this. I recognize his voice immediately. Yes. when he started to speak. So perfect casting, of course. So just a quick synopsis of the story, in case you haven't seen this, which I don't blame you. Never got released on DVD, um, but you can find it on YouTube if you are interested. But um, it's a sequel. So Pinocchio starts off as a real boy in this movie. This is a year later. A year later. Yes. It's his one year birthday. And um, <laughs> we were laughing because the blue fairy comes after a year and basically is like, yay, you're a real boy. By the way, if you fuck up, you're going to be a puppet because there's people <laughs> out there who can turn you back into a puppet. Happy birthday. Cheers. And she takes off. <laughs> now a warning. Yeah, now a warning. <laughs> so Pinocchio is still basically the same little shit that he was in the first one doing everything wrong, which I could tell just pissed Rob and Jesse off to no bounds. Well, here's my thing with this. First of all, if you have learned anything from the first one, especially Geppetto, when it, you got eaten by a freaking whale to even go get your kid... Don't leave the kid by himself. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? His first thing on your birthday, you're going to go out into the world by yourself and deliver something that is of value to me. It means so much. And I'm leaving this in your hands. Yeah. He's supposed to deliver a beautiful, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know what you'd call that. It was just like a music like a box or something box. or a jewel box or something to the mayor. And Geppetto's like, I'm going to give this to my one year old. This is our biggest order Ever. Ever. Go walk the streets with it prominently held in front of you. So would you say that he was good the entire year? Because, I mean, unless the Blue Fairy came back, oh, for your birthday, I'm going to test you again. And now when you're bad, you're going to turn back into a wooden boy. Like, was he good the entire year up till then? I would think so. Because the way I took this one. <laughs> Jesse's got this Oh, face. Jesse, go ahead. Go it's ahead. just he messed up so bad all the time. I can't imagine that he was perfect for a year. Especially going to school. Everything he ever knew. If he went to school during this first year, but I guess they didn't really But cover the big that. thing in this is it starts off with the Emperor of the Night Circus coming into town and like being this big want for Pinocchio. So the temptation wasn't there yeah. this entire year. I think that he designed the circus to entice Pinocchio because it turns out he was after Pinocchio all along. This is what's funny. Okay, so this is not Disney. So there are certain royalties, I guess, they couldn't say or do, or I I don't know. But all of a sudden, um, the Blue Fairy turned into Pinocchio's fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, wrong woman. Don't, don't. If I was was the Blue Fairy, I'd be like, do not confuse me with that old bat. Like, I'm younger and prettier. I am the Blue Fairy. <laughs> Do not go there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, are they considered the same thing? Is she technically a fairy godmother at the same, just a different yeah, fairy? Yeah, she's meant to be the Blue Fairy. Oh, okay, but you, but, but should she be recognized as a fairy godmother as well? 
Yeah, I don't remember how they um, referred to her in the book. They may have just referred to her as the basic fairy godmother that we're used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. I'd have to look that up. Now, the fairy godmother comes in and, you know, she presents her, him with a gift by awakening a wooden figurine that he had carved out. And then I'm like, wait a minute, where'd Jiminy go? Did he get another job or something? <laughs> uh, what happened to him? But then also, like, I have a real boy now, so Geppetto just doesn't need his cat or fish ever again, unless they just... Well, I don't think this is meant to necessarily be a sequel to the Disney movie. Oh. Yeah, they changed into the bird. Yeah. What's his animal friend? <laughs> okay. So let me ask you guys this now before we move on. But this movie got sued because they felt it was too similar looking to the Disney one and the songs were too similar. What are your thoughts? I don't think it looked like it or sounded like it, but I do think the stuff that happened was very much like Pinocchio, okay. there which was, is why I kept getting Max. I was like, Pinocchio, you just did this. Oh, so like meeting the animal people? The animal con men people. Mm-hmm. And then there was, uh, oh, going to a puppet or marionette show again and being caught again. Yeah, having to deal with the carnival it. and the drinking of the beer. Yeah, another Pleasure Island type thing. Yeah. It was just a lot of like, you just did this. Well, I and see those why. are kind of from the book too. Right. So I could see both sides. But I don't think the song sounded anything like the Disney No, I mean, and- if if they're getting sued, it would have to be from the lyrics of the song that makes it similar to the first because the musicality sounded nothing. Like, th- this was like a pop album. There was a lot of up-tempo beats and, and you know, it, it just didn't seem as classic as the first one. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I didn't notice any, you know, um, similarities as far as the song. Um, animation... I can, t- I can, I see similarities, but not enough to sue. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those might come from the original story, too. Yeah. Like, a lot of the characters, I was like, oh, you're doing that person. But if that's what was from Pinocchio, then, but I don't know, I haven't read the book. Okay. But yeah, like cause... that Willikers guy, I mean, that's a Jiminy Cricket, but the cricket was in the book, so. Yeah. Oh, you both had a reaction when the fairy godmother showed up and started talking. She was talking. like a drunk Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so if you guys ever check this movie out, just watch it, it, it up to at least the first ten minutes, if anything, because when you hear the blue fairy talk and sing, she sounds like Anna Nicole Smith just came in <laughs> and did like one day's of work and did the voice of this fairy. I was like. This fairy is is on something else. She's on something. Oh yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it was so funny. But yeah, she was just slurring her words and I yeah, just singing to herself. I don't know what she was on. It was so funny though. Okay. <laughs> and so before we started watching the movie, we saw when I was looking up it on YouTube, it said scariest part, scariest scene in a kids movie ever. And you guys wanted to guess what it was referring to. So what are your thoughts? It had to have been that scene when he arrives with that puppet dude. Puppetino? Puppetino. And so... Do you think uh, his parents knew he was going to be a puppeteer? (laughs) I know, yeah. Let me just name my... Probably just right from birth. Um, 
Oh, in the scene, I you may have to re- refresh exactly what happened, but there was this very psychedelic sort of scenario where there were all these little heads like floating around and then like they kept putting all these images on the scariest puppets ever mm-hmm. and he was slowly turning into a wooden puppet because of this music box that was playing and it just like ignited something in him to slowly one by one just all of his limbs turn wooden and then all of a sudden the you know marionette string started popping out and then he was just under his control and like all the you know he just kept flopping around and, and it was just a scary music and, and everything a single was- tear escaped his now wooden yes. eye and then what's her face twinkle Twinkle. She just looked sad. Yeah, just hanging there. And yeah, it was just a slow like strip of a man, you know, of this little boy's freedom. And I want to say that that was supposed to be the scariest scene. I think it is like I before seeing that was on YouTube saying that I've shown that scene to people to show them how dark and fucked up this movie can be. Mm -hmm. Because that to me is a very dark scene. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it, Rob, but I do think Twinkle used to be a real girl Mm -hmm. and her now lifeless puppet is reacting to watching Pinocchio be turned into one. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about that because they made a really big deal. Like I thought that the whole way through, but then the night emperor, what was his name? Why emperor of the night. Name? Yeah. Just emperor of the night. Yeah. Emperor of the night. He was making such a big deal about Pinocchio being the only pup real boy that was a puppet before. Mm. And that's why it was so important to get him to sign over his freedom. Well, I think for him, it's because the blue fairy made Pinocchio. Whereas the other kids, they turned from a child into a puppet. Oh, so it was the puppet child puppet. Yeah. Okay. Cause the blue fairy, like Pinocchio is the ultimate creation that she did. So by undoing him, you're undoing a big part of her. So all the other puppets were previously people. I think at least Twinkle. I don't know about all of them. If they are, that's really fucking dark because some of the puppets had like limbs missing mm-hmm. and like, yeah, that's creepy. But yeah, in the scene, Puppetino's using the magic box to force Pinocchio to dance. But as he's dancing, he's slowly turning into a puppet and it's super dark. It is very dark. Do you think the Blue Fairy helped out anybody else? I mean, she only helped Geppetto. Like, was he that good of a Samaritan? Like, she helped no one else? Because in this film, she bailed him out this time. In the first one, it was all up to him. In this one, he was turned into a wooden doll again. And then she came in. She helped him, though, when he was in Stromboli's cage. Oh, really? She got him out. Yeah, when he lied and he even willed two birds into existence in the nest on the end of his nose. Yeah, she was like, stop lying. Yeah. And this time... I'm going to get you out. And she opened the cage. Where was I? I must have been taking notes during that scene. I don't remember <laughs> that. Well, okay. Well, there you go. I mean, like, she, like, bailed him out again for this one. So it's like, do you learn anything if your fair godmother is just going to come and, like, help you every single time? But, um, yeah. What do, you, do you think she, like, helped out anybody else? Or was it just him? That was it. I think it just depends on people who wish upon that star. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's what. Okay. But yeah, I this movie uh, definitely exceeded expectations. I actually liked it. I was about to ask. Wow. Yeah, I actually didn't. I mean, I will say that towards the middle when they just sort of forgotten all about Pinocchio and concentrated on Willikers and that bee. Grumblebee. Grumblebee. Oh, like they kind of just veered off into this whole like possible third movie of like 
just those two doing their own thing yeah, and the whole world to be. There was just a lot of characters introduced that just had nothing to do with the main story. But um, what do you think about the redeemable con men in this one versus the one in Disney? Like they actually gave them heart and an opportunity to kind of right their wrongs. And, and they actually felt sorry for the kid because Pinocchio saved his life, their lives, I guess. What do you think about like, did you like that sort of, angle or would you have rather them to just be the same i actually did like it because i think there's a point where um they see the innocence of pinocchio and that he cares for them and that they actually are sorry that they got this far into this deal with um puppetino Mm -hmm. but they know how dangerous puppetino and his master are so they want to back out but they're sad that they can't. So I Mm -hmm. think that makes them an interesting villain because they're not really the villain anymore. They're being forced to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it better too. Cause I do think in the first one I was like, well tomorrow they're just going to come back and Pinocchio still thinks they're friends Mm -hmm. and they're not. Mm -hmm. So in this one, I liked that it did at least wrap that bit up where you're like, Oh, okay. He can actually be friends with these people and he's not going to get conned again by them. Yeah. So, what was your thought of the movie, Jesse? I liked parts of it. Ugh. I thought it was going to be darker than it was. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I will have to second that. I actually did think it was going to be a little bit darker because the first one was already dark. Hmm. And not that I got the exact same level, but I did expect it to be darker than what it was. Okay. Especially because of the backing of you know, media, like this movie obviously didn't get the theatrical release that it could have gotten, but it is just kind of one of those movies that's known for its darker tone. So, um, I did expect the same thing, but yeah, I didn't mind the movie. Uh, what did you guys think of the animation? I think it's, eh. <laughs> you can it's tell okay. it's like a not Disney cartoon from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Pinocchio was ugly in all forms. He was creepy looking. Oh, and when the blue fairy came in and he was he was creeping on her. Oh, oh it was. was. It was like, ooh, Pinocchio, stop. Stop looking at her like that. It's gross. <laughs> and I, oh, Twinkle was weird to me. I like Twinkle. I didn't mind Twinkle. I just, I just don't. So here's the thing. So the movie wraps up and, um, you know, Twinkle ends up being real. And... Mm-hmm. The first thing I said was Geppetto's probably like, God damn it, another mouth to feed. So I'm going to have to take this girl home because she doesn't belong to anybody. So there we go. But there was a romantic element Mm -hmm. when Pinocchio and Twinkle met. And now they're to be raised to be siblings if she did go home with them. So it's just like, where does that all go? Like, (laughs) how do they work that out? Yeah, I thought most, most of the time she had one song. So in that you saw a little personality. But the rest of the time, she was just a wooden puppet slumped over a lot of the time. So it was a little like, this is getting creepy, Pinocchio, that you're obsessed with this slumped over wooden (laughs) doll. And you're insisting on saving just her, too. Yeah. None of the Mm -hmm. other puppets. So if we did decide that she was a human first, do you think her parents thought she was going to be a stripper? <laughs> Her song was dark. It was. Yes, yeah. it was. One thing I read online trying to look up information was it said as an adult, close your eyes and watch the puppetino scene. 
because it's creepy as hell. And just, yeah. <laughs> and it said the same thing about her song, like, close your eyes and just listen just to listen it because it's horrible lyrics. It's about running away from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was part of the dark circus, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So did you find this movie darker, Sean, than, than Pinocchio, the Disney one? I find it darker because okay. I see the Emperor of the Night as the devil, basically, and he has forearms and he's scary looking. <laughs> oh yeah, Emperor of the Night yeah, was actually scary. pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of Legend with yeah. Tim Curry's devil or or you know that horned thing. But yeah, that that cape was everything though. Yeah, that bit, oh I love that little cow he was wearing. I love that. That well, was too. Chris walked in at the end and he compared him to Mephisto from Marvel. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. I did like the animation on him. How they had like that funky. Oh, the red and black. Oh, yeah. It was just nothing but red. Yeah, that was Glow, aura, like, yeah, the ether. How did you guys (laughs) feel about the song numbers? Would you listen to them ever again, or do they just belong in this movie? I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with the songs that I heard in this one. I mean, I would have to hear it again for the lyrics, but as far as the tempo and just kind of the music, I, I thought it was very catchy and poppy, and I liked that, so I didn't mind it. Most of them, I think, were okay. That Blue Fairy song was... Yeah, (laughs) you guys were cringing. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, like, I hate to be a little stereotyped here, but, you know, the Cabaret Liza Minnelli thing, that that was very jazzy. I like that part. I've Mm -hmm. always loved that song, so it makes sense that now you're telling me it's Liza. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm. All right, so um, let's rate this. What do we give... Oh, well, actually, before we rate it, so... Hands down, this movie should not have been sued. Are are we in agreement to that? Like, I agree. Watching it with that mindset, I think the biggest part to me that maybe was ripped off was like we talked about. Jiminy wasn't really a focal point in the book, mm-hmm. so Disney made him a focal point, and G. Willikers being the Jiminy that was definitely taken from Disney along with the con people. Well, in the book, the con people were a fox and a cat, so. Mm-hmm. It is what it is on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, this came out 40, what, seven years later? Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's confusing this Pinocchio for the original. Right. Or any of the songs or anything. So, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, I I would agree. As far as suing, I mean, I would have to literally look at the evidence as to why. I mean, you just brought up the music. I disagree with that. I I don't Mm -hmm. think it looks similar at all. Um, and like I said, for, for the elements that was done, I mean, they're, them going into the ship. So towards the end of the movie, they go into, um, the emperor's ship, the ghost ship and like the bottom of it kind of opens up and it just reminds you of Monstro, the mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there, so it kind of just gives you those, you know, Easter eggs to kind of, Ooh, that happened in the first one, you know, but other than that, I think it was its own movie yeah. to be mm-hmm. honest. They created new characters they didn't rehash any well i mean a little bit of similarity but i mean they kind of still went their own route and tried to veer off with the whole bee colony and all that stuff so i actually am a little disappointed in disney because they sued because like we said this movie came out 50 years later practically and we saw it didn't even make half of what it costs and, and now Disney's going to come in after making, what, 10 times what theirs cost? Yeah. But that was a dark time for Disney. They probably needed the money. <laughs> Could be. All right, so what are we rating this? Drunk fairies. Drunk. <laughs> yeah, she was total drunk. Okay, how many drunk fairies are you giving Pinocchio, Emperor of the Night? 
I would give it 3.5 Drunk Fairies because I do love it. I would recommend it, obviously, because I've been talking about it to you forever. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, I mean, it's not a great movie. It's just one that is close to my heart because I watched it so much growing up. Yeah. I'm going to give it 2.75 Drunk Fairies. Because there were parts that were really funny and I liked all that stuff with the grumble bee I could <laughs> do without and that front. he had a lot of a lot of role in this and I didn't like him at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but it was entertaining. Probably wouldn't watch it again. But wow. Sorry. <laughs> I know right when it started Jesse was like, I hope this bumble character B isn't in this movie much. I was like awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he was the worst. <laughs> um I'm I'm two point five. So it actually exceeded expectations, though. So I will give you that. I don't regret watching it. This movie is very hard for me to recommend. And I think this is why it got a lower score. Because I have no idea who to tell <laughs> to watch this. Um, unless you are a little kid and you get traumatized. I think that's the only sort of reaction and feeling you're going to get from this movie. Is it should have been watched as a child, but um, but I wouldn't wish that on a child though. So again, I don't know who should be watching this movie, mm. and like Jesse, I probably will not revisit this unless I want to just show people the blue fairy and mm-hmm. just laugh at her. Okay. Um, but I don't regret it. I think there were some definite funny moments, and I was very impressed with the villain, to be honest, and. Um, just on how he needed to be defeated was for him to literally be somebody who is willing to sacrifice themselves for the loved ones. And yeah, so Mm -hmm. I I didn't mind that whole message and all that good stuff too. So 2.5 drunk fairies for me. Well, I appreciate you guys watching it with me. Of course. And I'm glad that you didn't hate it. No, no, (laughs) I know. I would not say that I hated this at all. I hated that beat, though. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. For the sake of this movie, though, it is free on YouTube. Full movie, the the clips, I mean, the, the, the whole thing looks good. So it's not like cheap or anything when you watch it. So it's in clear color and all that good stuff so i mean it's for free check it out see what we saw (laughs) and then and then come back and let us know what you thought but um just in general just this whole idea of these kids films especially animation you think animation and you immediately think cartoons and now we're getting to a point where animation is being used for all sorts of media and um you know artists um you know, exploration and, and just being like animation does not have to be for kids. And so we got a whole list of other movies from our question. It's like, what, what do you think was in their minds making these films and thought this was appropriate for kids? And, you know, can we still make movies that edgy today? I would say we still do. Cause one of the movies on the list was Coraline mm-hmm which is very recent, Paranormans on there. I think kids, you know, kids like you and me, especially Rob, um, we were into horror films from a very young age. So when you get an actual movie that you're allowed to see and it's darker like that, it's something exciting, I think, because we're getting to look into that aspect without trying to see a movie that's PG-13 or above that we may not be allowed to see. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of those movies stick with us because they're frightening, you know? Like Rachel, Jesse's cousin, my best friend, talks about 
Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is a Disney film that also is a little scary for a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I was going to, because I was thinking about this question, I was going to say like Coraline and Paranormal. I see those and I'm like, ooh, those look tough Mm -hmm. for kids. But And like Kubo and the... Two strings. So I think oh, there I are people. Kubo is it's, so, it's so good. good. But there's parts of it where it's the same where you're yeah. like, ooh, if mm-hmm. I was a kid, I don't know if I'd be. I was so surprised I liked that movie so much. It is funny. It's really good. It is so, yeah, I definitely recommend that. Okay. Kubo and the four strings. Two. Two strings. Okay. Kubo and the two strings. Look it up. Double check on the strings. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. It is really good. But yeah, again, there's some villains in there that are. I thought were really scary mm-hmm. and creepy. So, and yeah. then I think even when you're a kid, some things freak you out that aren't. You never know what's gonna freak kids out. So, yeah, I don't think you should water stuff down because mm-hmm. I thought the Great Mouse Detective was super scary when I was a wow. kid. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would have to do my research on this, but I think that. Um, some kids can be given a little bit more credit than mm-hmm. they are given. Uh, parents, I think, have become a little bit more sensitive to the idea of of their child watching something as dark as Pinocchio or any of the other films that um, Twitter listed on our question. But, you know, you look at movies like Coraline and Paranorman, whether the visuals were freaky or not, the message in both of them were so yeah. adult and so like preteen or just older than its demographic. And I think that filmmakers now are trying to give kids a lot of credit that at a younger age, they will pick up on these messages and actually absorb them into their lives. And, and you know, again, I don't think they're made to try and scare anyone, but Coraline and Paranorman had heavy messages Mm -hmm. and it's like why would you put so much effort into the words and the message of a film usually it's the visuals that keeps kids you know paying attention but they use that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to teach kids some stuff this time and so i would love to see more edgier stuff like that where the message is loud and clear as far as the scary images and you know appliances committing suicide and shit you know (laughs) yes leave that out but um yeah, I, I think that it, it could still work. And um, hopefully parents, you know, will watch it and just give their kid a little bit of credit. I, if you believe you raised a good child, I think they can handle it. I completely agree. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys. Do you want to go on an adventure with me? Yes, we do. Always. Great. Please come join me in Sean sound booth time. <laughs> He's enticing me with candy. Yeah. <laughs> Resist the temptation. Yeah, no. <laughs> you just have to believe. <laughs> so today's song was inspired by the strange little romance between Twinkle and Pinocchio. Okay. One-sided. How dare you? <laughs> it is a little rapey. <laughs> So this is from, this is a term I used a lot when I first met Rob and he hates it, but this is from one of my favorite bands. <laughs> he says favorite bands and he has like 80 of them. Like how can they be favorite after the 10th one? Top like, 10. Okay. Top 10. Uh-huh. So this band is called Aesthetic Perfection and the song is called Inhuman. 
So the song is about one day um, I pray I'll be um, a human being. So it just really struck me because the whole time Pinocchio is struggling between being a human and a puppet and Twinkle is a puppet. So it was just kind of cute seeing them try to <laughs> sync up and you could tell they cared about each other, but they were just never the right. Could you? Good. He saved her. She was the only puppet he saved. That's true. <laughs> and she was so worried for him when he was getting turned into a puppet in that scariest kids movie scene ever. All right, she did look sad. I'll give you that. So yeah, check out Aesthetic Perfection. They're an industrial band. They're actually local to LA, so I've seen them a few times. And the lead singer is Danny. He's so hot. <laughs> And he looked at me once. I was waiting in line for them, and he walked by, and he looked at me, and he thought to himself, that's a big fan of mine. I'm probably one of his favorite bands. He's like, this dude is giving me dead eyes. <laughs> He's like, call I, I better, security. I better, like, turn and, I better turn and, like, nod and just so I don't get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming. Uh, well, thank you, Sean, for um, our that music... Uh, uh, recommendation here is a listener's comment uh for the movie pinocchio this comes from cinemas on twitter c-i-n-e-m-u-s-t-s they say i love pinocchio it's the absolute masterpiece of the early disney era technically brilliant with a fantastic story and well-realized characters Doing the research for our episode on AI, with all its Blue Fairy references, just made me want to watch Pinocchio. So, yeah, I, I remember watching AI, and there was a lot of Pinocchio references. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with the Blue Fairy. Have you seen that? You haven't seen that one? I saw it in the yeah. theaters, and I hated it. <laughs> wow. I don't remember why. Mm. <laughs> I thought the, the him and the mom thing at the end was really, really good. Yeah. I really like that. Well, thank you, uh, Sinmus, for writing in that um, that comment on Pinocchio. Really appreciate it. And we also thank everyone for um, putting in your answers for the question of the week. Um, look for next week's question of the week uh, on Twitter and also Instagram. Instagram, we are Movie Geek and Proud, all one word. On Twitter, we can be found at uh, MGNP Podcasts. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed it, please give us um, a rate on iTunes and also leave a small review on uh, your comments on the show. We really appreciate that. And uh, we always thank you for coming in every week to listen to us. Uh, Next week on Movie Geek and Proud, we are going to review 1985 John Hughes film Weird Science. I am so excited for this. <laughs> this movie is so funny. But um, this is a movie from my collection, so I'm going to rewatch this and see if it still holds up. And, uh, yeah, I think this will close up our month of, of um, September. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. 
So again, thank you. And Sean, if we ever do anything like this again, as far as like this double feature thing, do you remember that Snow White got a sequel? Yes. Called Happily Ever After. Which was also a Funimation movie. Good to know, because I recognize that the animation was very similar. Mm -hmm. So one day we should do that and see if those two films hold up. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Um. Say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, Sean. Say goodbye, Jesse. Goodbye, Jesse. Ah! <laughs>